Welcome to the Classic City Church Podcast. At C3, we exist to help people pattern their lives after Jesus. This message was first given as part of our teaching series at C3. Well, I'm excited for today's message. Today's message, I really felt, was a message for a lot of people uh, in their lives right now. As, you know, as a pastor, you deal with people, you work with people, and you know kind of what's going on in people's lives. And I'll tell you one thing is that, um, is that people are not short of challenges in, in their lives. There are a lot of challenges, and we all face battles or what we call sometimes storms in our life. And today's message is called Blown Off Course. And we are continuing our message in the, in the, in the Gospel of Mark. And um, if you want to turn in your Bibles to uh, Mark chapter 6, we're going to be pick it up at uh, verses 45 to 56, which is a story about Jesus walking on water. Or you can follow along on the screen behind me. That's Mark 6, verses 45 to 56. Starting at verse 45, Mark writes, And immediately Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida. While he, was, while he dismissed the crowd, after, after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. But when he saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there as soon as they got out of the boat. People recognized Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Blown off course. Have you ever had an experience in your life? Have you ever felt blown off course in your life? Maybe you, were, you felt like you were heading in one direction. You thought you had plans, and you thought that you knew exactly what you were meant to do, and then you just find yourself in a completely a different spot. Maybe you knew, uh, you thought you knew, there's a fly right in my face, it's Charlie. I, I, get, I just get into like hyper mode. I just want to start getting them. Sorry, there we go. I'm just turning more Pentecostal. Oh, there we go. Getting wild up here, sorry. Um, just a reaction. Have you <laughs> felt blown off course in your life? You know, maybe you thought you were supposed to marry somebody and then you ended up with somebody else. <coughs> I know from, from myself, like growing up, I'd bring girlfriends home, and my parents begged me to find somebody different. 
They said, I don't think those, that's the person who you're meant to be with. But when I brought Esther home, they handed me a ring and said, don't mess this up. <laughs> and I look back on my life, right? I look back on my life and I think, thank God that I didn't end up with somebody else, that I married Esther. That, that's who I was meant to be with. Now, at the time, I was like, whatever, mom and dad, you don't know what you're talking about. She's hot, whatever. I'm just going to date whoever I want to. Right? Teenagers always think they know best. But, right, things happen, seem to happen for a reason. But in the moment, they don't always feel like that was meant to supposed to go that way. Maybe you had a job or a career that didn't work out. Maybe you were fired. Maybe you were let go. It just, for whatever reason, didn't work out. But only later, you found yourself in a position where you fulfilled a greater passion, a greater calling, or a greater purpose for your life. Now, at the time, you thought you were devastated. But actually, afterwards, you thought, actually, this is a better place for me to give my life. Maybe there was a time where you had a diagnosis in your life, or you knew somebody that went through something, and it was horrendous. It was just awful. Um, and you thought, where is God in all of this? But somehow, through those circumstances, through that diagnosis, through that sickness, God did something or put you in a place to do something or put somebody in that place that, that just couldn't happen any other way. That, that it just it had to And I'm, I'm not saying that God caused the sickness or that God caused that storm in your life. But what I'm saying this morning is that, that sometimes we have to recognize that as we get blown off course... God not only shows up in our lives, but he puts us in a place, that, and he works everything for our good, for his good, for his kingdom, that it couldn't have happened without the storm. A storm can seem to rise up out of nowhere and blow us off course and take us in a completely different direction. So after feeding 5,000 people, Jesus dismissed the crowds. And the text actually says that, that you know, he sent his disciples away. It, the word is forced. Like he forced his disciples to get into the boat and said, off you go. And then Jesus dismisses the crowds. And Jesus goes and does his regular habit as he goes up on the mountainside to spend time with the Father. This is part of Jesus' natural rhythm is his alone time with the Father. And so the disciples, they're, they're, they're meant to go to Bethsaida. It wasn't supposed to be a very uh, long trip at all. And instead, they get blown off into the middle of the lake. Like, they were just supposed to kind of skirt around the top of the lake. And they find themselves in the middle there, stranded. This is where our, we pick up our text in verse 47. It says, Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and, he, and he, while he was alone on land, he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. That all of a sudden, the disciples, who were meant to go one direction, found themselves straining at the, at the oars, fighting the wind and the waves, trying to get to the place where they thought they were meant to be going. Maybe you in your life, maybe you have felt like you've been straining at the oars of life, trying to control a situation, trying to say, no, I want to go this direction. And everything seems to be going against the place where you, you thought you meant, were meant to be going. 
We'll pick it up at 48b, which says, Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. What a very strange phrase. When I was reading this, I was like, why is Jesus walking on water? And why is he about to pass by them? What two, very two unique phrases like, okay, if I was Jesus, why wouldn't you just fly? Like, that's what I would do. If I, and I tell, you, I tell you this every week. It's a good thing I'm not Jesus, because I'm not. And, um, but, but I would just be like, I'm going to access my super side, right? And, but no, Jesus walks on water. And it says that he was going to pass by them. What, is that, what does all that mean? Well, if we go back to the story of Exodus, um, Moses asked God to show himself. And actually, in Exodus 33, 18 and 19, it says, Moses says, now show me your glory. This is what he says to God. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And actually, in, in, in chapters 33 and 34, there's three times that, that God says this to Moses. That the way that you're going to recognize that I'm with you is that I'm going to pass by you. And the Old Testament kind of has this theme through it of saying, how do you recognize the glory of the Lord? How do you recognize his presence? Well, it says, the presence of the Lord will pass by you. That's how you know that I'm with you. But walking on water, what's that all about? Well, I want to read you something from Job chapter 9. This is what Job, how he describes God. He says, he moves on mountains with with their knowing, it and it turns them in his anger. He shakes the earth from its place and makes its pillars tremble. He speaks to the sun, and it does not shine. He seals off the light of the stars. He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the seas. He treads on the waves of the seas. Meaning, God walks on water. See, up to this point, Mark has been making a big case that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the promised one. He's going to save his people. But Mark is making it very plain here by saying that he was going to pass by them. He is the one that is walking on water. That Jesus is not only the Messiah. He's not only going to, is the one to save his people, but he is God himself. And the disciples don't recognize him. So interesting. The disciples don't recognize him. This is what it says in verse 49. It says, But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they saw him and were terrified. Now, in that time, at biblical times, they thought that the evil things of the world came from within the seas. The monsters, the demons, the, 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 the evil things of the world, that, would, that, that they would come from the sea. A ghost. So the disciples, they don't, they don't just not recognize that Jesus is God. They think he's the opposite. And they were terrified. This is really odd because the disciples, they had been spending a long time with God. And yet they don't recognize that God was with them. I don't know about you, but I hate storms in life. 
Now, if it were up to me, I wish that, um, that life was more like an all-inclusive cruise, and I, I'd be singing, it's five o'clock somewhere. There we go, a few Jimmy Buffett fans, may he rest in peace. But life has difficult circumstances. Like, we all go through these storms, we all go through the eye of the storms at different times in our lives. And one of the difficulties for me in my life is that I have a very difficulty of seeing what God is doing and, and trusting him and being with him while I'm in the eye of the storm. Now I look back on those challenges and those, those difficulties and those storms in my life. I look at, back at it in life and I think, oh my gosh, God was there the whole time. But one of the difficulties is that I fail to recognize that he's there right in the moment. There's sometimes in my life where I think that God, that God is a ghost or that he's ghosting me, giving me the cold shoulder altogether. And, and like the disciples, like I've tried to control my life, right? Like they're trying to control where they're going. And, and sometimes, and we can't. The winds and the waves of life, right, they, they, they blow us around. And we have to go back and we have to, to, tr to trust Jesus. We have to... Uh, we have to remind ourselves that we're not the ones that can control all this. It's only God. It's only the divine who is with us. And we have to be careful of trying to control our lives because the place where we thought we were meant to be going might not be the destination where God actually wants to take us. So Jesus says to the disciples who are absolutely terrified out of their minds, they said, take courage. It is I. This is another loaded phrase that Jesus is saying. When he says, take courage, it is I. This it is I is the, is the same way that, Jesus, or that God spoke to Moses at the burning bush when God said, I am who I am. That three times in this passage, Mark is trying to like knock it into us and knock it into our heads that Jesus is not just a man. Jesus is not just doing good things. That Jesus is God himself. That he's putting him at a higher level. He's saying, wake up, guys. God is with you. And the disciples completely miss it. This is what the text says. It says, they were completely amazed. And in verse 52, it says, they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Okay, why are we talking about loaves? We're in the middle of the sea. There's storms. There's waves. What are we talking about loaves for? What an odd phrase, right? He had already fed the 5,000. Like, let's move on, Mark. And it says their hearts were hardened. Well, think about it. The disciples had been with Jesus through all these amazing things. They've seen him do miracles. They've seen him cast out demons. They've seen him heal people. They've seen him teach with authority. Jesus is doing the things that God can only do. And yet the disciples' hearts weren't open yet to see that Jesus was God with them. The difficulty in this passage is that the disciples' story is our story. That often we find ourselves doubting God, rowing against God, not trusting God in the midst of the storm. One of the crazy things I think about um, just Christian worship and, and kind of the, the, Christian, the Christian experience is 
I think there's a, a, a thought that, that God is only in the mountaintop experiences. And that's true. If you look at the Bible, God shows up in big ways on mountaintops, you know, whether it's the Christian conference or that, that worship song when they, when they sing just the right notes and you get those warm, fuzzy feelings right in there and you're like, yeah, that's got to be the Holy Spirit, right? That's, that's God's presence. I'm not saying that's not true and that God doesn't show up in big ways when we sing or, or, or when we go off to a conference and we have uh, an amazing experience or we go off on a pilgrimage. But God equally shows up in the storms of our lives. And one of the best ways that you can get to know God and trust him on a completely new level and a most intimate way in your life is to let him in your boat while you're in the midst of a storm. To let God in the midst while you're struggling, while you're going through it. To take courage because God is the divine one. He's the one that has the command over the winds and the waves. This is what happens with the disciples. The disciples were headed to the northeast side of the the lake. What they happened is that they landed on the west side of the lake in Gennesaret. It's a three-mile region. And when he lands, extraordinary things happen. That people bring him... People are bringing people on mats. There are sick. There are big crowds that just come to Jesus. And the amazing thing that it says is that everybody who just touches his cloak gets healed. What was supposed to happen didn't happen, but something better happened because they ended up on the other side of the lake. Now, I'll be honest. Nobody likes storms. If you like storms, you're out of your mind. Nobody likes the storms. Everybody wishes they were on the all-inclusive cruise singing 5 o'clock somewhere. You can spend your life fighting the winds and the waves, or you can choose to let Jesus into your boat. I've seen it both ways. I have seen some people who are believers and storms hit. I have some people who come out the other side as Jesus freaks. Like they are sold out. They are more all in in their faith. Maybe they went through cancer. Maybe they went through some other sickness. And they come out the other side and they just are praising Jesus. They are um, sharing their faith. They are just living life to the full, completely sold out for the cause. And I have friends who have gone the other way. I have had friends where they have completely abandoned their faith altogether. They said, where was God when I needed him the most? And I have had other friends where they're mad at God and said, if God exists, he must be evil. Why would God ever allow me to go through this? That God is a ghost or worse. And the truth is, God never left you. He will never leave or abandon you. I wish I had the million-dollar answer to why does God allow suffering. If I knew that answer, I would have a bestseller, and I wouldn't be here today. (laughs) Right? That's the the million-dollar question for every theologian. But what I do know is that God never leaves us. He is with us, and he moves and makes all things for his good. 
That's what Romans 8, say, or Romans 8, 28 says. He says, And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Like Jesus, we need to take courage. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be afraid. Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is the ability to move forward despite having being afraid. It's been said that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Being a true disciple is the riskiest thing that you'll ever be called to do because Jesus will do things in you and take you to places that you never thought you would do. He will take you to people that need to be reached. He will ask you to do things for him and his kingdom that will make you really uncomfortable and to go places you never thought you would have to. But what if we were a church like in this passage? What if we were a church where maybe we were headed this way and we were, then we ended up there, but then we just did whatever it took to get people to the cloak of Jesus, to just touch Jesus, to let Jesus just transform people's lives. Be courageous. Take courage. God is with you. Let's be a church where we do whatever it takes to get people to Jesus. Don't settle for an average life. Average is mediocre and boring. Average is whatever the rest of our world is already doing anyway. You have a choice when life blows you off course. You can let God into your boat. You can let him walk on by. Or you can think he's a ghost. Take courage. He is with you. God is not ghosting you, but he is with you, and he is working something better for your life. You just have to trust him. Let's stand. I'm going to pray for us, and then Mike's going to lead us in our last song. Jesus, Lord, thank you so much that you are with us. Thank you that we, just for the gift of your presence. You don't walk past us. You're not a ghost. You're a God who deeply loves his children. And Lord, I just pray for people as they face challenges, um, either today or tomorrow. Lord, I pray that you would draw close to them. Lord, I pray that we would open our hearts to you. Lord, that we wouldn't shut you out of our boats, but Lord, that we let you be the captain of our ship. And God, Lord, I pray that you would take us and that we would trust you, that whatever you want to do with our lives, Lord, our lives are yours. And Lord, so we surrender every part over to our lives. Lord, help us to love you. Help us to trust you. And Lord, I pray that you would use each and every one of our lives for your kingdom. Lord, help us to get other people to the feet of Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. That this message helps you to grow in a relationship with Jesus. Connect with us at classiccitychurch.org.